I realize your guys' show is for the lore, which seems like it actually for the lore, and it almost <laughs> works. <laughs> You're listening to For the Lore, the podcast that delves into the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or game design. Joining Roger is Joe, writer from WoW Insider and World of Maticus, and Vince from Massive Nerd. Hello and welcome to For the Lord. This is Roger coming to you on January, January, July 2nd. Yes, medicated and sick, so it's going to be a very interesting episode, but at least I'm here. So, welcome, boys. How are you guys doing? Uh, All right. This heat. This heat. Hottest January ever. Ever. Isn't it, though? <laughs> I got central air. I don't leave the house. I don't give a rat's ass what it's like outside. When was the last time you saw outside? Not very often, man. <laughs> I'm white. Well, I mean, are we counting are we counting drug induced or actually going outside? <laughs> yeah. I was outside. I <laughs> went outside. Because he flies like awesome. a, he flies like an eagle every night. You don't After you have no clue. I bought that game the other night. I went outside for a walk. It <laughs> happened. It all happened. Yeah, yeah. Listen to the outtakes. You'll know what we mean. Anyways. Or we, maybe you won't. Or maybe not, because I sure <laughs> we don't, don't. We mean. barely know what we mean. Um Warning up front, there's going to be some spoilers for the first two games that we are going to be talking about now. We're going to be touching on both Mass Effect 3 and on the second episode of The Walking Dead. So, there's going to be a chapter heading for both of them so that you can easily skip through if you don't want to hear any spoilers. If you're in the audience, you can mute the sound now and we'll let you know in chat when we're done talking about both of them so that you'll know. Because this is, we have to talk about this. There's, this, this is not one of those things where... You can just say, oh, yeah, the DLC came out and it added a few things. No, no, no. This warrants explanation. This warrants using $5 words because we're too stupid to understand what they're... It has nothing to do with their storytelling skills. No, 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 no. We're the ones that have no concept of what's going on. It was funny because I actually played through them yesterday and I was chatting mainly with Vince. And it was true because the, the extra options that come up are like... I don't understand. I don't think I get what you're trying to say. Like, please tell me more. And it's like, I was waiting for the option that was, please stop using $5 words because I'm too stupid to understand. Explain it to me like I'm a six-year-old. It's not your storytelling skills here that are in question. It's my intelligence. Please dumb it down for us. Clearly. But it was frustrating as all hell is what it was. Now, I played through... Because Vince told me, don't bother going back any further than the Citadel because there's not much to change before that. So each of the ones that I did were right before then. I did three of them from the Citadel onward, and then I just watched the YouTubes for the other one. Before we get into the Citadel, you want to touch on the couple things that did change before then since you didn't play them? Go for it. Okay. Uh, they told you to start back at the Cerberus base, and unless I missed something... That was like, Joe, did you play through Cerberus space? I did play through Cerberus space. Did you notice anything different? I don't think I did. The, the, the most I could think of was maybe they changed one sentence of dialogue about the elusive man leaving. And even that might just be me misremembering the original dialogue. I think that might be you misremembering the original dialogue because it seemed pretty much the same to me. And then the only other thing they added in between then and the Citadel was during the final charge, uh, a Mako gets blasted by Harbinger and like crushes your two squad mates. And so Shepard will call in Joker to come pick them up in the Normandy. And there's a little emotional scene of, no, we're going to fight with you. And Shepard orders them back. Uh, I did see one video that was actually pretty cool, uh, not in any of my playthroughs because I didn't have the right combination, but like... Uh, Liara wanted to stay and they had a touching little emotional moment because they, they had romanced in that playthrough. But aside yeah, from that, was, that I had that in my playthrough, it, it, it was nothing more than filling in a plot hole. And even then, I don't know if it was 
oh, they always intended to do it that way, or shit, we screwed up, let's figure out something. I'm going to go with shit, we screwed up, let's figure out something. Yeah. <laughs> because but th- from that's what- all you missed before the Citadel. Yeah. Well, and then after the Citadel, basically, like I was telling you too, it was <laughs> basically they had, they knew that they had to do something. They had a plausible theory that was out there that would have made them look like they were at least smarter than what they actually were. And they chose to not go with that. <laughs> Indoctrination theory? What the crap is that? No way. That makes sense. Nah, we're not going our, with our that. Our fans did something that made sense. It actually made it not suck. Ah, you know what? Even if that. they hadn't planned it, when you were looking <laughs> at, at here's point. your options, either indoctrination and you planned it all along, or your bad storyteller idiots that can't close a game a trilogy. I would have lied and said, yep, that's what we planned all along. We're going yep, with you that. Got us. Way yeah, to go, guys. <laughs> and and all you other guys that thought, oh, so man. fast I'd be moonwalking <clears throat> through a wall. Yeah. It would have been fine. But no, they no, indoctrination theory is hokum. That's not what happened. No, this actually happens. And so when I was playing through it and the moment I realized that, which is pretty much right away, like when you're at the Citadel, by the time you get beamed up there, then you get the, or no, it's actually before that you get the video where Lance Henriksen there is saying, oh, he actually managed to get through. And that's when you realize, oh crap, they're going with this actually happened. And that's Admiral Hackett for those of you playing at home. Yeah. Yes. And um, <laughs> shut up, dude. Hey, we're the, just helping you along. The um, man, when you got to make that walk too, that uh, oh, and it's just like come on, uh, move. And uh, uh, every bit of dialogue in the entire game is skippable, except, except the Citadel. This, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, the the end part with uh, with uh, what's his name. Um, Ah, shit, what's his name again? The general that's there. Um, Anderson. Anderson, yeah. Anderson. So Anderson and the Elusive Man, I didn't see anything different in there no. at all. Now, no. like I said, they probably couldn't, couldn't get, get them both of them. Probably. Over. Yeah. And probably then not. you go up and then you're... Uh, the only thing that I saw that was really different... I mean, there, I, it's noticeable that there are some things that are different, obviously. But it's like they said, it's pretty much all just explanations it's just you don't understand what's happening so ask me about these three new options so that i can explain it to you and then the option to shoot him which i loved i i was very happy <laughs> that was great i got to do that because in the, the original you couldn't and it's like so yeah it was i i i, I it was insult to injury for me in all honesty i didn't hate it quite as much as you did i mean for me bottom line it wasn't better it was just more like i wasn't like uh, there there were some good things that it did uh i really liked the fact that they gave you the fourth option of flipping off the star child and doing your own thing and i always said going through going into mass effect 3 i really hope there's an ending where based on my choices i can end up having the galaxy destroyed and they finally gave me that ending and i even liked the the little epilogue bit where you see the the beacon and it's you know you're fucked because it's liara's message to the next generation and then how they even changed the little stargazer bit so that it's a non-human race and not a creepy old man speaking to you saying about how the shepherd gave them the information they needed to defeat the reapers so that right there i enjoyed as a nice touch that they added on that was okay, but for me, that ending also was sort of like the watered-down, shitty version of what they had originally had said it was potentially one of the endings where you could basically tell the star child to go fuck off, and you whatever your readiness rating is, if you had the, the ability, if you had the, the army to do it, then you won, and if you didn't, you failed. So, I mean, it just seemed like that was sort of tacked on in sort of a rushed manner, and I would have infinitely preferred the original incarnation of it, where based on what I did, because I farmed the shit out of readiness rating on my data pad, and I even bounced into multiplayer, even though, like, you know, it was painful for me without people I knew, and and just to get my readiness rating up so I made sure I had, like, a high enough force, and there was just no payoff for it, really. Oh, I'll so, agree to that, yeah. that yeah. It, it ultimately mattered for nothing. 
exactly and that and that was and that was like one of my big gripes about it is like i did all this work and spent all this time basically out of game and in game doing this stuff and you made it not matter give me an option where it matters give me an option where i have the choice to say fuck off we're strong enough we can go defeat the reapers we can kill you quicker than you can rebuild yourself let's go and that would have been cool and i like that i think that should have been an option but this just seems it smacks of like a watered down version of it. Now, of the extended stuff, uh, ultimately, I think that the control one seemed a little bit cooler than it had before. Yes. And to me, kind of won as far as like the best ending for me personally, because the control ending now was, well, it's God Shepherd, essentially. And yeah, that God voiceover Shep- from Shepherd was, was freaking really awesome. well done. How you're like, oh man, the Reapers may have been better. <laughs> like it gives you that creepy feeling. Yes, that, that was really good. See, I actually preferred the ending that was Edie talking when you do the the, the, the bullet, yeah. <laughs> so when you see that it basically they became one. You know, you were saying space magic. Everybody's space magic. blending together kind of thing. So, yeah, it, it's it's absolutely, it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. But if you roll with it, I actually liked her speech for yes. the ending better than all of them. Because, again, the one from Admiral Hackett is the corniest piece of shit yeah. that was ever read. <laughs> Poor Lance Henriksen. And then... Yeah, the one for the control was was decent. I, I I did like that one as well. But I thought that the one from Edie was the one that was I I as an ending speech kind of thing. That's that's not just falling on old cliches because that's what all the other ones did. It was just falling on old cliched speeches kind of thing, and and she did that to a certain degree, but not quite as much. I found so I kind of like that one the best myself. But in terms of, again, an ending, like you're saying, this didn't, it just gave you more of the same. I don't think that applies because what we had before was at least a hope mm-hmm. that maybe this is more than what yeah, we thought. Interpretation. No, now it's not. Now you're realizing, no, this is bad storytelling, just more of it. And so I don't, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing that the the explanation I'd made up in my head was pretty much exactly what Bioware said it actually turned out to be. Yeah, yeah, it's, that kind of that kind of scares me. Yeah, it's it, it again. It's it was that's why the the moment you find out that oh my god they're not going with the indoctrination theory, it was like oh this is this and that is, was and that I right there that's another this. that's another slap in the face too right because you have these fans that were and i'm not saying that the fans are always right in every in every case sometimes they just bitch about things to bitch about them but in this particular one some really well thought out arguments went out explaining and justifying indoctrination theory spanning three games and all of the dlcs that were put inside of each of them so far and if you look at that the indoctrination video we talked about before it made sense like it was explained, and, and I understand you can explain anything in a way to try to make it make sense, but they did a really damn good job. But to turn around and say, and you know they know about this because their PR and their, their community teams definitely know these videos existed because they were all over social Bioware. Uh, and I mean all over social Bioware, like at least maybe 80 threads that had them in them. So they know it exists, but to basically just outright deny that it, it would even possi- be a possibility, and it wouldn't even really cost them that much more to add as, as an option, really, would it? Like, with all the, the time and money and the stuff that they put into explaining for two gigs worth of crap, they could have done something with that, and a lot of people would have been very happy with it. To take it one step farther, uh, after the ending and the credits and the epilogue, when it shoots you back to the Normandy uh, right before the the Cerberus base and the little pop-up menu comes up, they actually change the text there saying, you know, thank you for playing. Our our, our storytelling is a work of a multiple team of writers and how we take our community's input into heart. Like, well... You but didn't. you don't. You, you, you took didn't. some of the community's input. You know, you took the ranting and raving side of the community instead of the calm, rational thought side of the community. And I can appreciate that it's their story. Mm-hmm. They knew how they wanted to end it. And so that's what they chose to go with, even though it wasn't 
And, and I'll say it, it wasn't the best option. Definitely see, wasn't the best option. And and I'm all right. I understand that. I can appreciate that. If I if I had written something that spanned three novels or whatever, and it was my baby, I wrote this, then and I have an idea of what the ending is, and then it doesn't pan out. So I, I can respect that they wanted to stick to their guns. But there has to be a point where you let go of the ego of that you created and it's my thing and it's going to be that and you produce something that is not just to satisfy most of the people but just the better option that makes more sense that is more palatable for everybody to actually then appreciate the work that went on and the way that i'm looking at it too is that they didn't even have to tell us they did that they could have just (laughs) rolled with it and nobody else would have had to know you have to believe there was a production meeting when they were working on extended cut where somebody raised their hand and went, what about indoctrination theory? And like an uncomfortable silence just settled across the room. <laughs> I can picture this. It's hilarious. Oh, yeah. Bunch of Canadians sitting around a table <laughs> with their Timmy's coffees. <laughs> Donut in one hand. So anyways, I, I know that for myself. I only played through it so that we can talk about it today because I was not in a rush to play it. And after the first few minutes of playing it, <clears throat> pardon me, I knew I, I knew that I was going to just be upset. And then when you're looking at the options and it's almost like the devs are slapping us in the face, I don't understand. Please give me more information. It's like, oh my God. Yeah, Would you like to know more? It's, I'm just beyond even caring at this point. Like, I can't even get upset about it. Well, like, th- there's some disappointment, sure, but like, upset, like, actually physically upset? No. They're talking about Leviathan now, that this is a big deal. Oh, we know some about the new DLC that's going to be coming out because they data mined this here. And I'm thinking, I don't want to play it. I'm I don't want to go not back in. Money for it. Fuck it. I'm done. I'm so, done with this game. Yeah. I, I, that's, that's bad taste in the mouth. Okay, let's move on to something else that was (laughs) awesome. Shut up. (laughs) Hard enough for me to talk right now. No, I was laughing at Vince. I know. He said he'd probably buy it, which is probably accurate. Yeah. Let's talk about The Walking Dead 2. So we can let them know in the audience there that we're done talking about (laughs) Mass Effect 3. So episode 2 came out for The Walking Dead game from Telltale. And... I could not tear myself away from it. And again, we're going to be spoiling here. So if you don't want to know what it's about, hit the little skip button to the next part. So I'm actually going to let Vince, you're going to tackle this and tell us what we found in episode two. Okay, so coming out of episode one, your little band of survivors is holed up at a motor inn, basically. They found this little motel, and they've barricaded it, and they're living inside. And depending on who you saved, of course, from the first one, you have uh, you know, Kenny and his family that want to leave in the RV. They, they don't feel safe here anymore. You have uh, Lily and her angry, pissed-off old man. I, God, <laughs> like, I don't think they could have done a better job of making you hate a character than that That's going to be dude. me in 10 years. <laughs> And then, of course, you have, um, what's her name, Clementine, and they just out of nowhere introduced a new guy, Mark, who uh, they said they found him holed up uh, in a food warehouse. So it's right off the bat you get the tension because you're walking through the woods and this dude gets caught in a bear trap. And as soon as he got caught in the bear trap, I knew I was jumping off that fucking leg. Like the chain was there as an option. I'm like, I'm not even looking at the chain. Like (laughs) you couldn't break the chain anyway. I tried. (laughs) <laughs> I didn't even try. I was like, I know it's not going to work. No, they tr- want me to chop off this guy's leg. Yeah. And it's not like in the, you know, in the movies or whatever, it's, you know, one nice clean shot. No, it took no. like four oh. hacks to get through this damn thing. Dude, Zombies bonus, bonus closing top, in. Okay. Let me ask yeah. you guys this, because again, I am now seeing how the choices that you make and all that are actually having an impact on the story and what's happening, which for a freaking telltale game, this is awesome. I'm really, really happy with that. Now, Because I took a little bit longer trying to first work the bear trap, then trying to break the chain, and then finally breaking the, um, cutting the leg off, did, did one of the boys die in your place? Okay, so that's a a constant then, I guess. I just thought maybe if you cut the leg off faster, that maybe both boys would live. So you bring, uh... The one surviving kid and what's left of the teacher back to your your place. And then they have another tense standoff moment because, of course, you know, Lily doesn't want any new people coming in. She's kind of taken over as you know, chief of the island. 
and she gets pissed off at I, I can't remember the hell the, the the main character's name. Help me out here. Oh come on, dude. Thanks, guys. <laughs> the guy, Lee. Lee. Lee, thank you. God. Lee. And hands him. I'm the gonna take out the pause rations. there so it makes it look like I said it like that. Yeah. I knew. <laughs> Off the top of my head. It gives him four food rations, so you have to go around and decide who gets the food. Again, it's that that tense. Like there, there. As a gamer, you think there has to be a way around this. You you can cheat the system. No, you you have to yeah. choose who gets to eat, and it, it's not an easy decision to make. And then, meanwhile, the, the the teacher dude dies and pops up back to life, and that's how the survivors in this Walking Dead story come to find out that you don't have to be bitten to be turned. And that's a huge plot point later on. <laughs> and again, it was, it was, I, I've read the comics. I've watched the TV show. I knew that guy's going to come back to life. And yet when he came back to life, it still scared the shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who did you guys give the ax to when they were repairing the fence? Not the old man. Neither did I. So when Knucklehead came over and completely missed the zombie, I'm wondering if you gave it to the old man, if he would have actually, you know, been competent to attack. Yeah, possibly. I know we should try it, though. Go right now, Joe. We'll wait. That's all right. (laughs) All right. Anyway, they found some other survivors. uh, These two redneck dudes from a dairy farm who want some gas, willing to trade food. And this is where it starts to go downhill, (laughs) especially for me, because... I've been to that part of Georgia. <laughs> My family's from Atlanta, so I've been I, I to, to the Macon area. That part of Georgia. I've met these people. I'm I'm related to some of these people, so this was exceptionally creepy. Although none of my family members, to my knowledge, turned out to be this weird. But the thing about that too is that if you if you haven't read the comics, you're going to get a sense of Something's a little off here. And the foreshadowing progresses, of course, but it progresses at a nice pace where initially you're thinking, this is all right. This is nice. This is going to work kind of thing. And then it starts to little bit by little bit. There's something going on here. Excuse me. So I really like how they paced it. But if you read the comic books and you put two and two together (laughs) early on, you're like, I know exactly where this is going and it's not going to be good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, there are about two different, two or three different types of crazy I was expecting. And thankfully they went for, you know, the, the, the tried and true. <laughs> so th- throughout the whole time, like, you know, these, these people are just weird. Like the dude who's caressing his gun and, and oh my God, <laughs> come to find out they're a bunch of fucking cannibals. And <laughs> I, I loved the scene at the dinner table. That was just great. <laughs> You're trying to tell these people. What was it? Um, the, the old dude. He's like, what are you talking about? You know, what? <laughs> I chose the option. Go ahead. Eat up. Enjoy. Oh, did you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, you know, as, of course, they still don't believe you until freaking Mark comes crawling into the room, missing his legs. <laughs> and at that point, it's you're you're pretty well fucked to the point where you get locked in the meat locker. And, <laughs> I got to say, I did not see this little bit coming where old dude you know, is freaking out. I, old dude, what the hell is this guy? I, I don't remember anybody's names. I'm terrible. I, I have learned through Walking Dead. Don't bother learning people's you names. Really? <laughs> learn name, they're going to die. <laughs> so he has a heart attack. And at this point, Kenny, who's locked in there as, as well as Lily. Lily's freaking out because it's, it's her dad. Kenny's like, oh, no. Oof. That dude's going to come back as a zombie. We've got to. I've seen this shit. Him. It's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And at this point, again, you get one of those dialogue choices. And in any other game, this is where you'd pause and think. But this being you Walking Dead, that fucking timer, they gave you like four seconds to figure it out. So on the one hand, I'm like, I know the right thing to do is to kill this guy. But on the other hand, you know, what are the repercussions of doing that? You know, Lily already doesn't like me as it is. But then again, Kenny's also kind of a dick to me right now because, you know, I'm, say, I'm saying leaving isn't a good idea and he's disagreeing with me. So it, on the spur of the moment, I decided to try and save the guy. What did you guys choose? So did I. Like I need to ask. Really? Yeah, I did. Yeah, because Kenny by that point was being a douche with me. I, yeah, it was like uh, Kenny was on my shit list. <laughs> I, he wasn't. Uh, I, I, yeah, you I, need I to favor. You, he you, kind you, of you. You I just know. disagreed with him once or twice, and all of a sudden, oh, you don't agree with me, and you are always oh, fighting. Was, I'm going. I saved your kid. What the hell are you talking yeah. about, buddy? <laughs> like, 
uh, when like in the in the first episode when you get to the drugstore and they're freaking out because they think Duck's been bitten. That I I just tried to stay neutral and that pissed him off. Oh no, I <laughs> sided right. with him there. So that's why it really pissed me off. I sided with him there. I sided. I saved his kid, and yet I disagree with him about freaking food rations or some stupid thing. And all of a sudden, I'm the antichrist. Like, no. What you're saying is, he's the temperamental girlfriend that you can't win the argument with ever. It's beginning to look that way. Yeah, that's what I got out of it. But yeah, I went to go try to save the the dude too because we all tried to save him. This is. It's one of those things where it's like I figured one of us would have killed the dude. I, it was one of those things where I'm like, I, yeah, I it would have been myself you. in these positions. Yeah, you, you're the bastard. <laughs> Let the galaxy burn, Vince. Listen, I've always Roger said, and I actually I have did, some compassion. My decisions are based upon the information I have at the time for the best probable outcome. I'm not evil. I'm just calculating. I beg to differ, sir. <laughs> so anyways, Kenny drops a brick on him. Yeah. Uh, oh, that was such a because, you know, you're trying to resuscitate the guy. And, you know, you're, you're giving him CPR. Lily's freaking out. You're like, okay, something's going to happen here. And just out of nowhere, freaking drops a brick on his head and smashes it like a watermelon. It was that that was a, one of those moments where I was like, I need a drink right now. <laughs> this, this was way too intense. And that sudden ending of brain splattered across the wall. I was like, give me a minute, game. <laughs> and then from there, it just turns into, you know, that that great revenge action style movie where you're going through the, the plantation or the dairy farm at night, you know, picking off the family one by one. Yeah. You got to go through a... the, um, you got to escape from there too. I and talk about slaughterhouse. Oh, that's what I mean. It's creepy as shit. Dude, that was my favorite like, part of like the whole thing. Like, so I'm you're, you're like, stuck in this meat locker. You're you're stuck in the meat locker, and it's obvious right away the only way out is where the air conditioner is. So you gotta pickpocket the dead guy, get the change out of his pocket, take the screws out, pull the thing out, and then the only one that fits through, of course, the little girl. Of so course. here you are, you gotta hoist well, her up Clementine. and then tell her to go open the door. You want to talk about suspenseful? I didn't take no break. Okay, he, the dude just got his head splattered, and I'm sitting here going, "Come on, Clementine, you can do it. Come on, girl, <laughs> like don't <laughs> fail us." And there's like so much tension. And when you finally hear the door, it's like, "Oh my freaking lord!" So, like again, those moments of real tension are palatable. And then from there, you're going out into the slaughterhouse, and you're picking up weapons to use. I use a stun gun, actually. I don't know what you guys use. I went with a stun gun. Okay, yeah, the stun gun don't work it, so it well. It seemed like the most effective at the time. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I know better. I know better. When I get into a horror situation, there are certain things that will just ultimately fail. If it's more complicated technology, avoid it. If it's a good, trusty blade, probably going to be okay. So what, the, did the scythe just kill him? Scythe kills. Oh, okay, see, no, see? <laughs> this was better then for us. Yeah. Because <laughs> you shock the bastard. It doesn't kill him. So then... He kind of is shooting at you. The what's her name comes out. Lily comes out, helps you, and then with you the Sith, with the scythe. Yeah, and then hacks the crap out of him. Oh no, not me! No, me. She had something else, and so then she picks up the gun and has the gun on him, and you pick up a, a, a pitchfork to to for bailing hay, and you've got it pointed at him. I had him on the ground, and I had this oh, pitchfork see, at his chest, and I stabbed the he bastard. Got, he got caught in the bear trap. Yes, so went, that's what after, happened with me too. He attacked him. He got caught in the bear trap, and that was that you know that poetic justice. Oh, and, they were the ones that set the bear trap at the beginning of the episode. No, I had he was that, and then I had the pitchfork at him, and I stabbed See, him with the pitchfork. And Caroline's or um, yeah, Clementine. Clementine saw, saw Clementine. it as well. That's, see, I spared him. I was oh, like, no, nah, screw that. Your 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 leg is stuck in a in a bear trap. Zombies are going to be coming soon. You're I'm fucked gonna, one way or another. I'm just going to leave you here. <laughs> you're, you, you, you are you are bait. You're going to get eaten. You are bait. No, I figure you, you tried to. I go by the Captain Mal theory of if you try to kill me, <laughs> I'm going to kill you right back. <laughs> so yeah. Or the uh, or the theory that if you don't kill him, he'll come back to get you later. Yeah, no, he he was a goner. And then just yeah, the, the the scene with the mom where she has um, God, uh, here I go again. Was it Lily? Yeah, it was Lily because yeah. she rushed in trying to get revenge. Yeah. And or no, no, it was um Kenny's wife. Oh yeah, had, right. 
at her at gunpoint. And again, that tense standoff of take two steps forward and then try to talk. Because if you take three steps forward, she she fucking shoots you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then with the lightning in the background, you can see Mark as now as a zombie because he died up at the top of the stairs. You're like, oh, I see where this is going. (laughs) Just getting getting her to creep back until dude grabs her. Great. And then surprisingly, it was a a pretty well done fight scene outside with the older brother, even though, you know, it's not an action game. You're just pressing buttons. But dude, again, with with, with the storm and the camera angles and the music, everything, it was really well done. Well, it was done well, too, because again, and you don't need a ton of buttons to build suspense. I don't know about you guys. Maybe it's the PC version that I was playing, but I was pressing the shit out of that button as fast as I could. And for different parts, it would kind of go up and then back down again and up and back down. (laughs) And it just kept going. And I'm going, I can't press it any faster. And when I finally beat him, it literally was that, oh, (laughs) because it had been a few minutes of... Because yeah, there's one where he's he's like straddling over you, punching you in the face, and you have to target him. Yes. <laughs> and meanwhile, he's he's punching you, and your 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 reticle is going all over the place, and you're just like, come on. <laughs> no, very very. Again, I it, it's it's not to insult Telltale. They make fantastic games, but you know, for a Telltale game to have that much suspense at various times and like well, that final scene it was like oh my god because it's not storytelling at that it still is but like i mean the gameplay itself was phenomenal as well mm-hmm. and we didn't even get to the crazy chick in the woods that was another tense moment oh where, you dude know, the mexican standoff going on <laughs> that was ridiculous that was yeah and that's when you're starting to see if you hadn't picked up on little things before that that's the point where it's like okay there's something really wrong at this dairy farm right now See, at that point, that's when I was thinking they were they were slavers instead of cannibals. Nope. I went to cannibals right from the get go. Well, I, I had initially went to cannibals, and that made me start rethinking my decision. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's I saw that right away. And for people who haven't read the comic books, that's what happens to Dale in the comic book. Not like that though, but he is abducted by cannibals, and they cut his legs off and. Like well, he, one of his one legs, of his legs yeah. <laughs> so he basically wakes up, his leg is all bandaged up, and they're all eating his leg. So it's and he still got the better of them. Yeah, <laughs> Dale was that awesome. <laughs> in the so like, but I mean, they took that idea of cannibalism like that, and this was oh, so much more suspenseful, so much better. And again, the they each played their creepy parts really, really well. I. I'm just stunned. Like I said, I need to see a therapist before this is over with, because with the tension and, and the split second decisions, I, I now know in an actual zombie apocalypse, I'm fucked. You're useless. <laughs> Did like, you? Yeah, I, I can come up with all these great plans and hypothetical thinking. But once I actually get into this situation, I'm going to freeze. <laughs> Did you? Did either of you kill the older brother at the end? No, I left him. No, so did I. Okay. Zombies were coming. I left his ass. Well, did you see I, I, which zombie was the one that was going to get him first? No. As the camera pulls out, his mother comes out of the house oh, and starts walking nice. towards him. And so that's when I thought again, talk about fantastic storytelling right to the littlest details. details. Yeah. Because again, the camera's panning out away from him, showing you guys walking away and then panning. And then you see her come out of the door and shamble towards him. And you could tell she's going to be the first one to hit him. I was like, oh, bravo, boys. Bravo. (laughs) So, yes, if you guys have not picked it up, you can pick it up. It's not expensive either. It's like 25 bucks. You could probably get it on sale. I don't know. I think it's five bucks per episode. Yeah. You can pre-buy everything. The the whole thing. (laughs) Buy the whole thing. Seriously. I just bought the whole thing for the 25. uh, It's worth it. You'll get two episodes that you can play right now. And you're still, you're looking at a few hours of gaming. Just between those two, you're looking at, what, three hours of gaming maybe? Maybe a little I'd, bit more. I'd say even more. more yeah, like four? The, the second one lasted a good two, three yeah, hours. It was a while. Yeah. Yeah. So you're gonna get your money's worth out of this. Trust me. And it's not your typical. It is and it isn't your typical Telltale games. I mean, there's stuff that you will like if you like that. You know that style of gameplay. But you get so much more. And the fact that the choices that you are making are actually making a difference throughout the story is awesome. And I love how at the end of each episode, they look at the major story points of what did you choose for these major points and they tell you what the percentage is of other players and what they chose 
I, I'm shocked it was so 50-50. See, my second playthrough, I was in the, the majority. But in my first playthrough, I actually chose a lot of the options that were not chosen a lot of the time. So I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. So I think the only one I was in the minority for was letting the younger brother live. But even then, like, you look at the, the actual numbers, and most of them were, like, 55, 45. Like, the, the, it was very even all the way down, except for that the one with the brother. Like, almost everybody killed his ass. Again, though, you're looking at something where it's a split dis- split decision, a split-second decision that you have to make kind of thing. And for the most part, most people are going to think alike and do the same kind of thing. So I can I can believe that. And you say I'm an evil bastard. You are. But we won't even bother going into that. All right, let's move on from there. So we're going to let the audience know that they can start listening again. And uh, let's talk a little bit about Borderlands 2 because we've got more information about the Gunzerker. Vince, I'll let you take this. Not necessarily more information, but an interesting look at the design process yeah. of Salvador and, and how it started not with, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I think it would be the most obvious thing in the world to sit down in a development meeting and go dwarf with two guns. There you go. <laughs> but it actually started on the gameplay side of things, how dual wielding was one of those things that they really wanted to put into the first Borderlands, but they had already done so many things with the first Borderlands, they just they didn't have time for it. So when it came time for Borderlands 2, they knew dual wielding wanted to be one of the things they put in. But how were they going to execute it? You know, he, how, Are they going to have special dual wielding weapons like Halo? And then he starts getting a little complicated. So they decided, let's just have a character whose special ability is that they can whip out two guns. What two guns? Any, Any. two guns. <laughs> so they that had their, their gameplay concept. Like, okay, this is what the Gunzerker is going to be. Now, who is the Gunzerker going to be? And they go into this great description of the design process, how they started with certain archetypes, how Salvador is a little bit Punisher, a little bit Mar from SimCity, SimCity, geez, Sin City, <laughs> and, even, and even a little bit Jane from Firefly. And already I'm like, okay, there's your costume options that you can unlock. I want Punisher skull <laughs> t-shirt with a Jane hat. <laughs> Gearbox, make it happen. DLC. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pay for it. I don't care. That that has to happen. So they're, they're fleshing out the character and like, okay, we already had, you know, they wanted to make him a tank type, but they've already done the big bruising character with Brick. So they wanted to kind of go in the exact opposite spin of instead of this huge hulking guy, let's make a fucking dwarf because dwarfs are awesome. <laughs> so they made this small stocky character who still has a ton of attitude. He has his mohawk. He has his tattoos. How they say he is the most Borderlands character in the history of Borderlands because there's there's Liefeld designs in here where he's got holsters where you shouldn't have holsters. He's got <laughs> ammo pouches where you don't need that much ammo. He's got tattoos of bullets. He's got piercings that are bullets. Anywhere they could find to put a bullet on this guy, they did it. And I love them for it. <laughs> Uh, going on, they're like they they spent they ran through so many different iterations of you know facial styles, hairstyles, skin tones until they settled in on the one that that just worked for them. They wanted him to be you know a little more multicultural flair for it, and like looking at their outcome for Salvador and their concept sketches, I'm like I I can't think of a better design they could have gone with. Then again. I don't do this professionally, so, but it just, it was a really interesting read to see going from the concept art stages to the 3D modeling and how many different people had their hands in the creation of this absolutely awesome character. I, I, this was a really fun read. Yeah, it was. I, I really enjoyed it. That's why I thought it would be fun to talk about it. It's, again, it's, it, it shows just how much attention to detail they put in to, to spend that much time just on, on everything that, I mean, you're not necessarily going to get all of the backstory to him in actually playing the game, but it's there and it, it comes through in the character and in the, the design and everything else. Yeah. And yeah, they, they go back into the gameplay side of things where, you know, they just how now they have their own issues to come up with. Like, how do you, you know, actually render and do gameplay of a guy dual wielding rocket launchers. <laughs> That's not something that when they designed the rocket launcher, they went into thinking from a gameplay standpoint. So they even leave it a bit open ended talking about, you know, more stuff they have to do um, as far as the development of Salvador. So I'm going to be looking forward to reading part two of this article. Yeah, definitely. OK, uh, Joe, you wanted to talk about Dragon Fantasy, too. 
Yeah, this is one of those ones where the uh, it sort of slipped under our radar the first time where uh, Dragon Fantasy 1 was like basically a classic style RPG for the iOS. And it was a cheap game. Not a lot of people really kind of saw it, but it was really, really well done. Uh, Dragon Fantasy 2 is the next obvious incarnation of it. And it's an 8-bit inspired RPG. Uh, and it's going to be hitting the App Store in about August, which is kind of cool. Uh, it's just, what I like about it is really the fact that it's that old school style of RPG. You have, you know, the turn-based combat, the, the traditional stuff that you see where you see like from Chrono Trigger or Final Fantasy, you have the party following behind you, the very classic 8-bit art style, and because it's an RPG, all these amazing choices in story. Uh, that's what I really, really like about it. Now, with Dragon Fantasy 2, they're taking it a step further, and it's going to be from 8-bit to 16-bit, adding a little more depth. So we're going from NES to Super Nintendo here. And they're going to have some 3D art assets in it as well to try to beef up the environment a little bit. It's also going to have an option for multiplayer so that you can play with your friends in a cooperative or competitive fashion in a classic RPG setting. I don't know about you, but that's kind of cool. Like, all those old games, all those old RPGs that I used to play when I was a kid, that's one thing I always wish I could do. Like, they were all single-player games. I always wish that I could hand my friend a second controller and have them participate with me. Or now that I play online, being able to play with my friends over a network connection or, in this case, connecting, like, two different iOS devices, that's just absolutely awesome to me and something that I think is going to kind of propel the title a little bit and make it a little more interesting to some folks. Yeah, so, we're seeing more of this that. style of RPG too on the App Store kind of thing. So if mm -hmm. they can start introducing more multiplayer with that, you're right. To it'll differentiate be, it. It'll be so much more fun. And and they can easily do multiplayer. There's a bunch of games that do multiplayer for the iOS that do it very, very well. So there's no reason why they can't. So it'd be very, very cool to see more games like this that give you that classic feel kind of thing. And then you can play over your tablets together. See, the competitive side of thing is going to be interesting. Like, is it going to be, you know, like party versus party battles? How I, I'm actually really interested to see how they handle the competitive side of things, because in the in these RPGs, it's not necessarily, you know, you being the strongest or this and that. It's a lot of it is figuring out the enemy mechanics and, OK, this guy's weak to fire or, you know, this and that. So when you're going up against theoretically another party is the combat going to be you know who runs out of mana first <laughs> so that they can't heal themselves like i said i'm really interested to see how they handle the competitive aspect well i mean that, that's and that's an interesting thing as well because i hadn't really i had seen the uh competitive aspect of it but i hadn't really thought too much about what that would be so that's a really good really good point i, I do i wonder what that's going to be I would think more it has to do with how you're specking your team kind of thing and then see from there if you're specking your team more for, say, DPS versus them, maybe you will be able to burn through somebody else's mana and kill them kind of thing. I mm -hmm. I really like the idea of turn-based combat like that where you're, no, you're not just fighting NPCs, now you're fighting other people too. So, okay, let's move on to something not so much 16-bit and that is um, Dishonored. We got some, uh, some interesting stuff about that. Vince, go ahead. Yeah, some really interesting... Uh, commentary on the actual design of Dishonored. Because as we've seen before, they give the player so much freedom. And we just think that the game was designed to take all these freedoms into account. Not necessarily. They're talking about how when they're building the levels, they built the level around, you know, one optimum path, what they feel is the default path through the, this particular mission. And then just handed the game off to their playtesters to see what the playtesters were doing. And, oh, okay, you know, they, they found all these other alternate ways that weren't designed into the level. And then now, now they can incorporate that into the gameplay. That was really interesting where they're letting the gameplay uh, lead the design instead of the other way around. And that's something I really am interested in about this game, how they're talking about uh, it's possible for really early in the game you can get this skill called blink where you can basically teleport they said level two you if you if you spec properly and spend your points just right you can have this crazy long-range teleport that will basically make the game completely broken it, it makes it so easy that there's no challenge now what most designers would do is to take away that power or to move it somewhere else what bethesda is doing with dishonored instead they're saying no 
our players are really enjoying that power. We want them to have that power. Let's just change the level design so that you know they can't use it in such broken ways. How they can still play however they want, but let, let's at least keep the, a level of challenge in here. And they're even saying with the PAX demo, when they were or E3 PAX, whichever one. Somebody found, like, most people were finishing it in 30, 40 minutes. Well, this one guy finished it in five minutes, and he just kind of turns to the developer and goes, is that it? And the developer turns to him and goes, how'd you do that? (laughs) 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 That's how much freedom they've put into the game. And again, it's it, they they're seeing how people are playing it, you know, what different tactics people are coming up with, and then designing encounters around those tactics, which is so awesome. I agree, it's, but we knew that intriguing. too. We knew that too from the other one when they were saying about the um, people were diving off of buildings and mm-hmm. then possessing somebody on the ground before they would go splat. And instead of taking it out, they left it in because it's something awesome that their their testers found. So, like, I really like how they're working with the the testers essentially to improve the game which is like again it's it's not about ego that hey we made it like this this is you're going to play our game the way we want you to play it no it's about understanding that you may be able to think of three different ways to finish this level but guess what when you put it out there to much more creative people and a lot of them they're gonna find a hell of a lot of other ways to do it and then they roll with it i love that Mm-hmm. This actually, it, it, Dishonored is the perfect example of a discussion that I've been having with a lot of my real life friends lately. And it was the whole when you guide your players too much, when you when you put too many rails on your game, you stifle innovation. Not just on the player's end, but your end. When you actually actively participate and allow for things to, to work outside of the box, when like in, in Dishonored's case, somebody does something really wicked cool or uses the abilities in a special way, they don't you know, punish them for it. Like Vince said, they're designing around it. They're essentially allowing this game to flourish in a way of innovation that other games just don't even come close to as far as, as far as that sort of give and take. And that is absolutely amazing to me. That is absolutely wonderful. And it makes me look really forward to it because like Roger, you said with them diving off the buildings and possessing the bodies, that's something that anybody who's ever played a D&D type game or pen and paper RPG has wanted to do at some point or another. And being able to do that in a game is awesome. And them saying, hey, that's cool. We're just going to leave that now. That's awesome as well. I, I don't know. It's just like I get really excited about this game. Like puppy wagon tail excited because it, <laughs> it looks like it's going to be that kind of cool. And I can't wait to see if I can break the game. And that's really exciting to me. See, and then seeing how these gameplay aspects wrap back around into the narrative, how the more people you kill and, you know, the more havoc you cause, there's an actual chaos score in the game. And the more chaos you cause, you know, the darker your ending is going to be. So, again, your gameplay, not your not your moral choices, not your dialogue, because, like I said, that's not that much of an aspect of the game. Your your uh, main character, Corvo, he really has no backstory. He He's more of just a blank slate. He's, you know, a royal guard. That's all you need to know about him. The story is told through the other NPCs and the world itself. So as you're interacting with this world, you're racking up these chaos points, and the more chaos you cause, that will determine the ending you receive. And they were talking about how they had initially thought of implementing the chaos into the game where you received all these cool supernatural powers but just using them would cause chaos you know it it, it gave that that give and take like you could do all these awesome things but there's going to be a price there's and it all it was yeah. it was all summed up in one great line from the developer how like we realized that why would we give our players these powers and then punish them for using it and here's this great quote we don't want to punish players for having fun yeah. and that in one line perfectly sums up why i'm so excited about dishonored definitely okay let's end the show with something that came out that again we're we're about the stories in games and this is going to allow people to tell a crap load of stories now or as vince has so aptly demonstrated by mm-hmm. sending me links mm-hmm. fantastic videos mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> valve is releasing the source filmmaker that it uses to create all of their videos so we're talking about videos for not just team fortress 2 left for dead 
all of their games. The awesome pyro video. I, I'm sorry. Oh my say, god. That was yes. The, yes. The pyro video was insane. <laughs> Just absolutely nuts. But now you're going to be able to download the tools and make your own videos, and I mean, complete with lip syncing perfectly as well. well I was really. Perfectly. What's that? Or mostly perfectly. They, they said it's not perfect. Well, I mean, it's pretty damn close <laughs> I've seen when you're a looking. Lot of really perfect. <laughs> That that take on me video <laughs> with the, the heavy singing is pretty damn close. Let me tell you, there there's another one I saw with the engineer doing a DMX song, and for those rapid fire lyrics, that lip sync was spot on. Yeah. So if any of you are like little amateur filmmakers, or you just like the idea of messing around with stuff like this, this is going to be something you will want to check out. They said they're also going to actually be releasing the uh, Meet the Heavy video so that yeah. people can actually edit oh, that video as well how they want. There's dozens of parodies and little funny little takes. Like there's one where the scout is just like troll facing in the background, messing with the heavy the whole time. They just go on YouTube. There's there already because the beta is out there. You can sign up for a key. There's already dozens of spoofs of Meet the Heavy out there. And you're getting some really good stuff too because there are people who are creative and especially when you're looking at team fortress 2 you can have so much fun with that with each of the characters so this is just going to be a lot of fun for people and then again you're going to be able to get assets from other games as well to do videos so when you're looking at the left for dead and everybody likes telling zombie stories you can actually make your own videos in that post-apocalyptic world with zombies that oh my god if it's not too difficult to do i would love to do that kind of stuff <laughs> all right i'm giving everybody an assignment right now because you just made me think of it i want a left for dead team fortress crossover where the medic plays the role of dr ned from borderlands <laughs> <laughs> and he's creating the zombies that could work that could work all right <laughs> did you guys have anything to say about this or are we cutting out it's it's i've it's, applied for my key I'm just amazed. It's kind of like when you were talking about the Unreal Engine a couple weeks back, how simple this is. Like, I would have thought they had this huge editing suite. Come to find out, for years, they've been using this amazing bit of technology that just makes these fantastic videos in a way that's a lot simpler than, you know, than you as a think. casual fan, you would think it actually is. Yeah. Like I said, they just recorded some gameplay. Like, okay, let's run around the level for a little bit, and then, here, animate it. Done. There's a movie. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that I thought was so awesome. Cool. That you can get the 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 basis for different scenes just by you and other people recording yourself doing something and then just use it. And then from there you can move things around, you can put other players in, other assets, different things. And it was like, holy crap, it can't possibly be that easy. <laughs> like, Jesus. Yeah. Like, could you imagine what the guys from like Red versus Blue could do with this technology? Oh, They've yeah. been oh, recording God. Halo gameplay for a decade. And now you give them the exact same thing, but with editing power, that's there's a lot of potential here that has me really excited. There's a lot of creative people. We're going to get some really awesome videos coming up. Yeah. Okay, with that, we're actually going to cut it out. Thanks to the audience who draw by to listen to us. And, of course, if you need to find the show notes, they are at ForTheLore. You can email to ForTheLore at gmail.com and on Twitter at ForTheLore. And with that, we will talk to you guys next week. When I was a kid growing up, one of my favorite types of video games were the adventure games for the early Windows releases. In 1997, a game was released called Realms of the Haunting. It was an action game originally made by Gremlin Interactive and released by Interplay in the United States. It was a fantastic game and one of which revolved around players uncovering story as they went along through puzzles and exploring a vast, not only just a mansion, but other dimensions as well. This story was delivered through pieces of items that you found in the game, like letters or artifacts, uh, as well as full motion video, which at the time was state-of-the-art. The basic story is that Adam Randall receives a letter from his father imploring him to come to a, a, at the edge of town, a house, to help him, that he needs his help. However, Adam's father died well before he received this letter. Adam Intrigued goes, enters the home, and as soon as he's inside, in traditional fashion, the door is locked behind him. 
and he's forced to journey through the entirety of the house while looking for answers to his father's death on top of a means of escaping it. Along the way, he meets a psychic woman named Rebecca Trevisard, who provides Adam with guidance as they work together in trying to escape. Soon into the adventure, pretty quickly actually, you discover that the house contains portals to different universes, and that Adam is in fact the chosen one who must prevent the final apocalyptic battle between the forces of good and evil. Now what's really cool about this game is that it has about 40 hours of gameplay. This is not just the mansion itself and the primary objectives, but also the many different universes that you have to travel. Because of all of this, not only do you have the puzzles and the fighting, there is a ton to explore. There is a lot of gameplay in such an older title. Now the reason this intrigues me so much is that back in the t back during this period of time, full motion video was one of those things where some games did them really well and were known for them. Such games like Phantasmagoria, for example. Seventh Guest is another great one, which has recently been re-released on the iPad. While The Realms of the Haunting hasn't been re-released on the iPad, it has been redone for Windows 7 through GOG Games, and for under $10 you can actually adventure through. What's cool is it rewards players for exploring every nook and every cranny, every letter you find, every artifact you uncover, every item can be manipulated, can be looked at, can be moved around in a manner which you can investigate. It's actually really quite nice. One of the coolest things about it is that in these letters are, you if you're smart enough, if you have enough foresight, you can actually figure out what's going to go on or what's going to happen before you get to that point. It's very cool because it rewards you for paying attention. The acting can be a little wonky at times, um, which is kind of stereotypical for a game from 1997 and smacks of sort of the sitcom actor training that one might be used to. Well, that shouldn't discourage you because it is still a fantastic game and there are very interesting quips, very funny moments, but it really is that story. There's plot twists and turns and even for a game that's so old, it can still throw you for a loop. And that's one of the things I like so much about it. Realms of the Haunting is just a fantastic experience. It combines the aspects of a first-person shooter and a point-and-click adventure to make a wonderful three-dimensional world where you can explore, battle demons, and just learn all sorts of cool things about the world that these characters inhabit. The plot is sometimes a little thin. There are certain things that you would ask, well, why would a person with common sense do that? But at the same point, it's no more jarring than any of the current games and what some of the protagonists do. I highly suggest if you're a fan of full motion games, going through and picking it up. It's a very wonderful playthrough. And again, with 40 hours of gameplay, for less than $10, you get more story more gameplay out of this title, an older title, than you do out of some of the newer games. So why spend $60 on a game that you might spend four hours on, or you can spend less than 10 and get 40 hours of gameplay and a fantastic game to boot. Characters are endearing. They have really good emotions. You feel for them. You can't help but wonder what the relationships between certain characters are going to do. And the game is genuinely, genuinely creepy in a way that very few are. Different sounds that play in the background, conversations that you have with certain characters, and certain rooms just kind of scream uh, this sort of quiet terror would be the best way I can phrase it. Even knowing that I am Billy Badass in certain parts of this game, I find myself hesitant to go down certain corridors or open doors or find myself planning to run the other way, basically to make sure that I use discretion as the better part of valor. You don't get that a lot in current games. Maybe games like Amnesia, Limbo, where there's that sort of constant dread, but you have that here without being completely overshadowing of the story. 
And that's what really drew me to it because through the full motion video, it's as if you're playing a very long movie. And by the time you get to the end, after you've explored all of the worlds and talked to all of the non-player characters, it is an incredibly rewarding experience and one that I'm very happy to have gotten the chance to play through again. Again, it was a game that I loved when I was younger and in 1997 that's saying a lot. And it's a game that even now as an adult, I'm going back and enjoying quite immensely. It's well worth your time. It is well worth the effort of playing through it. It is well worth you taking the time to play this game. I cannot recommend it enough. Go to GOG Games or GOGGames.com or GOG.com. All should route to the same site. Search for Realms of the Haunting and play through it. Watch a couple YouTube videos if you're not sure, but I do not think you could possibly dis be disappointed in this game, especially when you consider that this was well beyond its time. Current games, some of them can't even hold the candle to the masterful craft that this game has, has wrought. Can't recommend it nearly enough. Do yourself a favor. Play this game. at the best of times now i'm freaking bumping into walls as i'm walking and then on top of that hey you need a cold let's round it off making a nice trifecta all right i won't make fun of you today since you know you're walking into walls you don't get to make fun of me today anyway <laughs> let's be very clear on that <laughs> i make no such promises hey making fun of you has nothing to do with anything else sir yeah. yes i did the hard work of preparing by playing video games you know what's All, <laughs> Although playing through Mass Effect did become work after a point. <laughs> I, after you say, why don't you, why don't you just YouTube the rest? <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you, okay? By then, <laughs> I'd taken my nightly dose and an extra one, kind of, plus my Tylenol threes, because it was a hard day, and so I was. The fact that I was able to sit upright and breathe was good enough in my, my book. So when you said that, I was thinking, shit, I should probably do that instead. <laughs> so the, the last two playthroughs, I just watched them on, on YouTube, thank God. And even that was painful. Just, I was like, oh my God. I think last time you guys hadn't finished the first episode of Walking Dead when we were talking about it, had you? No, I hadn't. No, I hadn't. Bastards. Alternately, if you've already finished Mass Effect 3... You pretty much know the extended yeah. version. <laughs> Don't bother is what it boils down to. Sorry if that's spoiling you, but... Then the second episode of The Walking Dead. Yeah, man, that was awesome. That was freaking incredible. I should have done that after Mass Effect. I would have had more faith in gaming. Because I actually... I hadn't finished... It was terrible, but I just... I hadn't even finished episode one by this weekend. I know, I know. So I worked on it and I finished it off, and it was, it was freaking awesome. I I really enjoyed it, and uh, and then I bounced immediately into two, and uh, two was not like one. There was no way in hell I was putting that down. <laughs> I'm finishing this shit, come hell or high water. It was freaking awesome. There were several moments in two where I actually had to get up and like step away from the computer because I was like, wow, that was. That was fucked up. Yeah, that was... Okay, no more talking. We're gonna... <laughs> too much good in the outtakes. I actually picked up... Vince, you'd be proud of me. I picked up a crazy freaking Japanese game that was on sale on Steam. <laughs> I can't remember the name, but I saw it, and it was like... It was either like 250 or 350 some damn thing like that. What was I? I was saying something. I was saying it was a crazy, crazy Japanese game. And then I read the reviews, and the freaking reviews were awesome. So I was like, hmm. What's the name of the crazy Japanese game? I don't game? remember. I have no clue. Actually, here, I'll pull it up. Oh, shit. Kirby's Epic Yarns, 20 bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not looking. Space Rain is $7.23. I'm not looking. I should be able to type in a search... Crazy Whoa. Shit. Show up. Got it. 
you downloaded this game and you're never gonna play it because you can't remember what the I fuck can't it find is. What it is? <laughs> That's not right. There should be a way to look at recent purchases, so you can just go from the last one. Is it Nikopol? I don't think so. See, this is why you tune in, Hoogs. Thrilling frickin' shit. I hate this time of year, all these fucking baby spiders everywhere. Climbed into the car the other day and one came down from the frickin' sun visor. And, like, its web got tangled in my eyelash. I was freaking out. <laughs> I was just going to say, I could so see you freaking out over that. <laughs> just... hey, walking into a spider web turns Vince into a ninja. Come on. <laughs> Dude, I can't find it. There's got to be a freak. Disappoint me. What the hell kind of stupid... You probably didn't even download it. It was like a fever dream. <laughs> no, it's highly possible. I'm looking to see if there's actually... I didn't even get a freaking notice from them that I... I'm sure I bought it. That's not right. Oh, shit. I City Heroes crazy going Rogue Edition. $6.77. Crazy Japanese. Oh, well, now I'm going to be pissed off if I didn't actually get it. <laughs> Came to me in a dream. I swear I bought it, though. Oh, man. All right, new rule, Roger. Every time you do something of importance, you have to take a screenshot. I should write it down. Somewhere. Or write it down. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I need to find out what that is. There's got to be a way to check. <laughs> One of these days, you'll be like, look at this awesome game I was playing. And pull up the screenshot. It was like MS Paint. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, we're going to have to go visit Roger, because... <laughs> I'll be in a nice home. <laughs> exactly. Recently played, installed, favorites, downloads, tools, media... No! Oh, man, this is ridiculous. they got to clean their shit. I'm betting you this is it. It looks crazy Japanese shit. Tell me that doesn't look... Weird. Oh, hello. Yeah, okay. Yeah, this must be it. Five minutes late. Was it really this important, Vince? You're the one that's been looking for it for the last You're 10 You're the minutes. one that told me you wanted to know what it is. I asked. No, this is definitely not it. No, it's going to be a quest for the freaking league. No, this is Reading 68. No, this is a bad game. That ain't it. Shit. All right, this is, forget this it. Is the, this forget is it. Roger's Lost Ark. Forget it. I'll worry about it later. I'm going to close it down, too. Ah, damn it. Uh, Hoogs, don't forget muttering. Muttering as well, because he was definitely muttering. What, what did I miss now? I'm not on the same screen here. Now my groove's thrown off. At least I would have had a sense of accomplishment if I would have found the goddamn game. So few accomplishments in a day when you get this age. Getting up, going for a crap. That's about it. <laughs>